Good morning. I'm always amazed when I come to church how many people it takes to put on a service like this. I walk into the parking lot and two nice ladies are out there setting up orange cones. And then I come into the lobby and people are milling around getting everyone ready. And then I walk in and get the sound system guys and they... Now one is a graduate of the University of Missouri and I'm a graduate of the University of Kansas. So I've been afraid the last two weeks at any moment he may just turn my sound down. But then all the music that takes place and the care teams and all the things that go on, thank you for serving Christ in the church here at Centennial Church. And uh, we have a saying that we like to use, your dreams are greater than your memories. Amen? Your dreams here at Centennial Church are greater than your memories. Well, we're talking this morning in the part two of our two-part series from Mark on seeing clearly. Seeing clearly. Have you had an eye examination lately? Maybe they've been put on hold because of COVID. But when I turned 50 years old, I realized that I could no longer see the little font on the medicine bottles. Did that ever happen to you? I'm like, what's happening here? I can't see any longer. The, the little print. My arm just kept getting farther and farther away. So yes, I had to succumb to the reading glasses. I had to go to, you know, the top optometrists in the world, the little... $3 section at Walmart where you look at the numbers and stand back farther and farther and get the orange or the blue or the yellow. And I realized, yes, I need these reading glasses. These help me see the small font. So these help me see clearly. I brought some more here. These are not just any sunglasses. These are the Oakley Prism sunglasses. These are very, very expensive. I don't want to accidentally leave these up here today, so... These actually help you play better golf. <laughs> You're like, what? What are you talking about? Actually, these have very powerful chemicals in them, and they help you distinguish the colors. Like right now, the blue on this Centennial Church is a bright blue, and a couple of those lights up there are bright red. And when you're putting on the green, this helps you see the little tiny grain in the green. I know, I know, laugh all you want, but our golfers, we take any little advantage we can, okay? So the Oakley Prism sunglasses, they help me see clearly. They help me see accurately. And finally, I have a third thing up here, and this is the Bushnell Pro XE. Now, this is serious. This thing costs $500. And what you do is you shoot the laser. I won't do it, so I won't accidentally shoot someone in the eye with the laser. You put this on the flag stick on the green, and immediately it tells you in here how far away you are. So you know what club to use. But not only that, it does elevation changes. So you can, if you're in Colorado and you're playing, you can see I need to hit this club. It does humidity, it does temperature. It, it'll make you a sandwich. It is amazing. This is the Bushnell Pro XE. So I need all, why do I need all of these tools? To see more accurately, to see clearly. And you know what it's like, right? You remember back in school when we had chalkboards? Do you remember, anyone here remember chalkboards? Now, all the kids now are on Zoom or Skype. I know all that. Microsoft Teams or whatever. Go to meeting. But in the old days, in the old days, we used to use a chalkboard. And what happened to the little kid who was sitting in the back row? He couldn't see. You remember about halfway through the year, they'd go, can you see? I mean, what, all, all year you've been... 
And then they put the glasses on him, and what did he do? Oh, wow, a whole new world was open to him, and he could see the chalkboard. And it's a tragedy, isn't it, when we can't see well? If you can't see accurately, it's really sad. But it's even more of a tragedy if you can't see Jesus clearly. If you can't see Jesus for who he really is, if you can't see Jesus accurately, that's even more of a tragedy than me missing the green because of me not having my Oakley prisms. We all, you and I, we all need to be able to see very clearly. So our view of Jesus sometimes becomes fuzzy. Your view of Jesus, the Savior, sometimes becomes even inaccurate. You might even be bemoaning these days. Lord, do you not know what we're going on down here in Frisco? Do you not know what we're suffering through? This crazy COVID, this job I have, I can't take Zooming one more day, you know. Do you not know that we're suffering? Do you not know what I'm going through? And we sometimes even misread Jesus or who he is or what he does in our life. Well, this morning, in just the few moments we have, it's my honor, it's my privilege to get to share with you an incredible encounter. We're going to witness someone who couldn't see, but they ended up seeing Jesus more accurately even than those around them. And this person didn't just see, he then acted on what he had discovered. So we're going to ask and answer these three questions in the brief time we have this morning. Number one, are you sitting, quote, beside the road, just watching Jesus. Secondly, what do you want Jesus to do for you? And third, are you on the road walking with Jesus? Turn with me in your copy of the scripture to Mark chapter 10. Yes, we were in Mark chapter 10 last week, and this is part two of our two-part series in Mark. Mark chapter 10, you might have it on your Google Glass. You might have it on your Apple Watch. You might be like me, have it in the old paper version. Mark chapter 10. Let your eyes run down to verse 46. We're going to read through verse 52. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. And they came to Jericho. And as he was going out from Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. And they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, arise, he is calling for you. And casting aside his cloak, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Important question. What happened here between verse 46 and verse 52? You'll see that in verse 46, Mark writes that this blind beggar was sitting where? Beside the road. Do you see it there? Verse 46, at the end of the verse, Bartimaeus was sitting 
beside the road, or your version might say by the road. And then at the end of this little short story, in verse 52, you'll see that at the end of verse 52, Mark writes and notes that Bartimaeus began following him, what? On the road. What happened? How did blind Bartimaeus get from sitting beside the road, just observing Jesus, watching for Jesus, to being on the road, walking with Jesus, traveling with the Savior? And you might say, come on, Pettit, that's a small little detail, but not for Mark. When Mark writes this story, he's describing what does the true disciple of Jesus look like? What does it mean to follow our Savior? And he uses this metaphor of on the road. And in fact, on the way was the name of the first Christians. They were just called the way. It was a way of following Jesus. That's how they described themselves. And in verse 46, Mark makes a very specific technical phrase here. And he says that, Bartimaeus wasn't on the road. He wasn't walking in the road. He was just sitting beside the road. And at the end of 52, he says he was on the road, tracking with our Savior. What happened? Let's study that for just a few moments. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. We know that. He was what we're calling the triumphal entry. But it wasn't to be a political takeover. He wasn't coming in yet on a white horse. He was going as a suffering servant. But the disciples missed that. You remember that last week? Last week, Jesus asked James and John, what do you want me to do for you? And how did they answer? They flunked the question, didn't they? They said, well, in your coming kingdom, we want one of us to sit on your right hand in authority, and we want one of of us to sit on your left hand in glory. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. And here, Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, not ushering in a kingdom on earth. He's not coming as a conquering hero like we sometimes want. In these days of COVID, in these days of economic uncertainty, don't we wish someone would just rise up and solve all these problems? Are you a little bit like me? I just like, someone just take care of this? Is there someone that can just solve this problem or get us back to work or turn around our economy? It gets so old. We thought, some experts thought this was going to last six to eight weeks. <laughs> you remember those days? They thought it was going to last six to eight weeks, some people predicted. I saw a t-shirt last week. It said, I survived the 2020. <laughs> That's all it said. You know, they usually say like, I survived the hurricane or I survived the great flood. The t-shirt just said, I survived the 2020. I thought, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Well, what an interesting name, Bar Timaeus. Now the word Bar means son of. So when you saw Simon Bar Jonah, that meant, you know, Simon. And Bar Jonah meant he, his father was named Jonah. And you might say, that's really unusual, bar pettit or but you know you and I we do that as well how many have heard the name Johnson or Thompson or Williamson anyone here have son at the end of their name okay right here what's your name Jackson Jackson. so who is his father Jack and so we see that the word Timaeus meant honor the word Timaeus meant esteem The word Timaeus was a very lofty word that meant honor and esteem. So how unusual for Bar Timaeus, the son of esteem, the son of honor, 
to be sitting on a pallet just like this, to be sitting beside the road with maybe a little cup asking for shekels, begging for money. And he must have been so filled with shame. You know, it didn't turn out for me like I thought. Or I have never lived up to my father's expectations. The son of honor, the son of glory, the son of esteem ends up being not only blind, which would have been very difficult in that culture, but also poor, destitute. So we have a very unusual start to our story here. But even though Bar Timaeus was blind, he could hear really well. And doesn't God do that sometimes? You know, someone who can't see at all, but they have incredible hearing, and maybe their hearing over time has become attuned to the setting around them. And he couldn't see what was going on, but boy, he could hear. And maybe he had heard the rumors about Jesus, the Messiah. Maybe he had heard that Jesus, way up in the North Country, was healing people. And how that must have thrilled his soul. Maybe it'll happen to me. Maybe someday he'll come here. What would it be like if son of David could touch me and I could see? He must have dreamed about that. And you see it there in verse 46. Look at it with me again. Chapter 10, verse 46. And here they come. The, the whole pilgrimage, the whole group of people, they came to Jericho. And that's Bartimaeus' town. That's where he begs. That's his wealthy city where he gets his shekels. And as he was going out from Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Wow. This is his chance. He thinks, this is my moment. I don't have eyes to see, but I have ears to hear. And I've heard what this Jesus can do. And I don't have eyes to see, and I've heard what Jesus can, can do. So I'm going to use my voice. And he must have cried like he had never cried out before. In fact, he cries out so loud that the whole group starts rebuking him. Shut up. Who, who do you think? You know who you are, blind Bartimaeus. You, you, you're trying to join this esteemed company of Jesus followers. We don't need you in our midst. Jericho is a very interesting city. By God's grace, I've been to Jericho four times. It's very hot there. It's an oasis city. There's a spring, one of the oldest cities in the world. But it's also very wealthy because of the spring and the oasis. There's lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of palm trees, date trees, fig trees. And uh, I was there with some of my friends, Steve and Sheila Montgomery. And they live in Phoenix, Arizona. And Steve told me, you know, this place is a lot like Phoenix. In fact, this summer I got to go out to Phoenix and play golf with Steve. Boy, was it hot. Any of you here ever been to Phoenix, Arizona? Oh, wow, a lot of you. Okay, it is hot. And, you know, I said, Steve, man, this place, really? But how'd they have all these green golf courses because they have a lot of water? And I said, Steve, man, it is hot here. It was 112 degrees, and we were playing golf. And he said, ah, quit whining. That's nothing. He goes, next week it's going to be 116 degrees. That's what it was like in Jericho, hot and dry. But because of the oasis, because of the springs, figs and dates and lots of uh, vegetables and fruits. And 
Bartimaeus thought, will Jesus see me? Will Jesus, Jesus take note of me? Will, will the crowd, I mean, how am I gonna do this? Am I gonna run out there? I can't, I don't know where I'll go. Can I send someone? He just cries out, Jesus, son of David. Now, when he says son of David, that's a very technical term that means Messiah. Even though last week, we had the disciples who were with Jesus for how many years? Three. They didn't even see Jesus for who he really was. They thought, I'll be in a position of authority. I'll be in a position of glory. And yet blind Bartimaeus, listening as he had to the stories, he put two and two together and he said, son of David, this is the suffering servant from Isaiah. This is the coming Messiah who will heal people. He'll set the captives free. He'll... He'll give sight to the blind. And Bartimaeus, you can see it there. He leaves his cloak. Well, here's the first question we're going to ask and answer. Are you sitting beside the road just hearing about Jesus? Hmm? Think about that. Maybe you've been coming here for many years. Maybe you've been watching about Jesus, listening about Jesus, hearing about Jesus. But if we were to get real honest, you'd say, you know, it's true. I've never really entered in. I've never really put my full faith and hope in Jesus. I've always kind of been a little bit standoffish. I've kind of been beside the road, but I'm kind of fearful about joining Jesus on the road. Are you there today? Would you say, no matter what, I'll follow Jesus. If I lose my job, I'll follow Jesus. If my business falls apart. Jesus, I'll follow you no matter what. If someone in my family has a sickness, an illness, a disease, if I get sick, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll trust you. I'll track with you no matter what. That's what Mark's asking here. Are you a true disciple of Jesus? Have you put your full faith and hope in Jesus Christ? And then this most powerful question, number two, Jesus stopped. Verse 49, do you see it there? Let your eyes run down to verse 49. And Jesus stopped. Isn't that beautiful? So much grace, so much honor. Jesus stopped. And he said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take courage, arise, he is calling for you. Now, how quickly did this crowd change? What was the crowd just saying a few minutes ago? We don't need you. They were rebuking him. It's a very strong word. It says they told him to shut up. Hey, Bartimaeus, you just stay where you're at. You know, you've got your begging cloak on, and you've been here for many years, and you're, we all knew your father, and look at you. You don't need to join this crowd. And then Jesus says, tell him to come to me. Boy, look how fast they change. They go, oh, yes, we were just coming for you, Bartimaeus. Yes, uh, here we are. Jesus, oh, yeah, we're going to get, we'll do, what you, we'll do whatever you say, Jesus. Bartimaeus, yeah, come, now, now's your moment. Come on, get up. Let's go. He's calling for you. Come on, let's go. And we do that, don't we? Perhaps someone walks into Centennial Church and we go, oh, I wonder who that is. I wonder, hmm, does he, does she belong here? Hmm. And Jesus here shows how tender his mercy is. He says, who, who's that that's calling son of David? Who, who is it that's recognized me for who I really am? Who is it that sees me clearly as the Messiah of Israel? 
have him come here. And then again, the same question we had last Sunday morning. What do you want me to do for you? And you might say, Jesus, I mean, with all due respect, (laughs) do you not see that he can't see? I mean, he just wants to get healed. I mean, let's get this over with. Come on, do miracle number 14, and then we'll be on our way. We got big things to do in Jerusalem. We're on our way. We're going to enthrone ourselves as the new ruling and reigning political party. Come on, Jesus, can you kind of hurry quickly and do Bartimaeus? That's not who Jesus is. He stops. He must have looked at Bartimaeus and said, what what do you want me to do for you? That's a powerful question, isn't it? Because you know what really is behind that question? Are you really willing to get up? Are you really willing to put away that beggar's cloak? Are you really willing to leave your favored spot? I mean, this is the spot where you get a lot of shekels. And Jesus, inside that question, he's asking Bartimaeus, and he's asking us today, are you really ready for a change? I mean, I think he's even asking Centennial Church, are we really ready for what he wants to do here? I mean, we talk about it here. As I walked in, I was like, this is the best attitude. Everybody's saying, Lord, we're, re- we're ready. We're willing. Whatever you want to do with this church, we're ready. But yet for many of us in the back of our minds, we're kind of like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm ready, but I don't know. If he says something really different, I might be out. You know, or if it's not something that I really want, you know, I'm probably. And Jesus is saying to Centennial Church this morning, what do you want me to do for y'all? He probably had a Texas accent. What What do you want me to do for y'all? And that's a powerful question, isn't it? I know the transition team's meeting every Monday night and they're praying about that exact same question. What does Jesus want to do here with Centennial Church? And that's the best posture where you're open and waiting. You got both hands open and you're just saying, Jesus, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Jesus, I'll go wherever you want me to go. No turning back. And look at this. It's a beautiful picture that Bartimaeus lives out for us here. Jesus said, call him here. And they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, arise, he is calling you. Verse 50, and casting aside his cloak, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. Boy, Bartimaeus was ready, wasn't he? Bart had no qualms about saying, I am so tired of this begging jacket. It had become his identity. He had said, I'm sick of living this way. I just want to be a full human. I just want to be all that God had created me to be. And he must have just, the cloak probably tripped him up anyway, and he just said, I'm done with this life. And he must have just walked right up to Jesus. What a moment. What a divine encounter. What an incredible encounter. And you and I can have an encounter like that this morning with Jesus. And Jesus said again that powerful question, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that's a very warm term of endearment. It meant my teacher. Not just professor or doctor. He's saying, my Lord, my teacher, I want to regain my sight. Now, scholars have a field day with this word regain because possibly he could see at one time maybe when he was younger and now maybe he had lost his sight and he just said you know I just wish the world would open up to me again he just in the original language it's almost like he just says I want the light again I just want to see I want the, the whole world to be clear for me again and Jesus said to him verse 52 go go your way 
what was Jesus saying? Okay, I'll give you that. You can have your sight. Just go, go your way. Go do what you need to do. But Bartimaeus had other plans. And immediately he regained his sight and what? He began following him on the road. Bartimaeus didn't say, wow, now I've got my sight and now I've got my business where I beg and now I'm going to do amazing things here in Jericho. Now I can be the, the son my dad always wanted me to be. No. He said, I'm leaving the life of Jericho. I'll go wherever Jesus wants me. I'll just follow him. And Jesus wasn't requiring that. He says, your faith has made you well. To answer the question that we raised at the beginning of this little talk, what changed? How did, how did Bartimaeus get from sitting beside the road, just watching Jesus, to following and walking with Jesus on the road? What was the difference? His faith. He believed. He saw who Jesus really was. And the word there is sozo, which means salvation. Jesus says to him, your faith has saved you. Your faith has given you new life. And that's what Jesus says to you and to me. Wow, I love the attitude that the crowd takes on then. They're like, no, no, come, come. We need you here on our team. And we need to be like that here at Centennial Church, don't we? Boy, we need, we need you to serve. We need you to step up. We need everybody in the community to be on the same team. How many of you have been to Chick-fil-A? Okay, not today, okay, not today, but you've been there. You know, God's chicken for God's people, amen? And I love me some Chick-fil-A. Why? Because the attitude those people have. I don't know if they're brainwashed. I don't know what's going on. The way they train them, you know, they're like, oh, can, uh, can I take your tray? I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely, man. Hey, do you need a refill? I'm like, yeah, two refills, you know? Come wash my car. I'm like, it's amazing. And what do they always say at the end? My pleasure. Oh. Hey, thanks for doing that. No, 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 my pleasure. It's my pleasure that I get to serve you. And that's the attitude that we need here that Bartimaeus presents. To leave you, Jesus, to go back to Jericho, maybe to go back to begging or to go back to fulfilling my dad's desire. No. To follow you after you've given me my life back, it's my pleasure. My, it'll be my pleasure following you, Jesus. It'll be my pleasure to serve you. And I need more of that in my life, you know? I need to have that attitude of service. How can I serve you guys today? What can I do for you guys today? Wow. And I know many of you have that attitude. Bartimaeus' hearing led to his believing. And his believing led to his seeing. And his seeing led to his walking. That's the path that you and I are on. There was a little boy who wouldn't go to sleep. And you know how it is. The dad was up late at night watching Sports Center. Man, I love me some Sports Center. It's so exciting. Even though there's no live games going on hardly, we can watch Sports Center. The highlights, because you can take a three-hour game and just watch the best parts right there late at night. And the little boy said, Dad, he cried out just like Bartimaeus did, Dad, would you bring me a drink of water? And you know what the dad said? 
No, I'm watching Sports Center. I've already read you a story. I've already put you in your sleep sack. Go to bed. A couple minutes later, Dad, even though you're watching Sports Center, will you bring me a drink of water? Now the dad got upset. He said, No. Knock it off. If I have to come up there, I'm going to wear you out. You know how little boys are. They won't be denied. He said, Dad, when you come up here to wear me out, can you bring me a drink of water? (laughs) Bartimaeus said, this is my moment. This is my day. The son of David is going to walk right by here. He's going to come through here. Last week, my wife and I were in Florida celebrating our 30th anniversary. And we were, now I thought I'd get a little more love for that. I mean, come on. 30 years, thank you. 30 years my wife has put up with me. And we were in celebrating in Florida. And guess what? They came on the news and they said, Vice President Pence is going to be here today. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Wow. And then a few minutes later, President Trump is going to be here also this afternoon. I was like, this is... And yet, you know what happened. I'm coming along the highway, and we look over there, and the whole highway is shut down. The, the Florida State Highway Patrol, the Miami-Dade County Police, red lights flashing, and man, those cars were backed up for a mile. And you know what you say. Too bad you're in that lane. You know, too bad you're on that side of the highway. And we just watched and we saw the suburbans come by and then the highway patrols come by and then the ambulances come by and probably the nuclear codes came by in the, in the briefcase, you know, 100 miles an hour. Man. And then even on that same day, President Trump was going to come by as well. And you know what I thought? Oh, man, I'm never going to get to West Palm Beach. <laughs> That's what it must have been like. It wasn't a vice president that walked by that day. It wasn't the president of the United States, what they call the most powerful man in the world. God walked by that day in Jericho. And Bartimaeus said, this is my moment. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. That's the attitude that Christ uses. Have mercy on me. Will you pray that prayer with me this morning? No matter what you've been through this week, are you sitting beside the road just kind of watching Jesus? And what's your answer to that question when Jesus looks at you and says, you know, what, what do you want me to do for you? And then finally, that third question, are you on the road walking with Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person in this room. I thank you for those watching online and I pray for myself most of all that we would be sensitive to what you're doing in our life and that we would notice that you're not a faraway God. You're very near to us. You're very tender and you're very kind and you say to us, what what do you want me to do for you? Lord, help us to have the attitude Not that the disciples had when they said, we want to sit in positions of power. We want to sit in positions of glory. But that we would have the attitude that Bartimaeus had that said, I just want to see. I just want the light. 
I just want to get rid of the shame. And what it must have been like for Bartimaeus when he opened his eyes and the first face he saw again was Jesus. Jesus. 